0: We follow them too, and we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it.
1: Hi, friends. How are we? It is almost Christmas by the time you're (sighs) listening to this, so... If you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to whatever you observe this month. Hopefully, you are hanging out with your friends and family, eating good food, chilling. Mm.
0: That's what we're excited for, I think, is chilling. Chilling. Yeah. Taking a little break. Imagine I'm going to have a full technology detox for 24 hours. No phone, no laptop, no TV, just like clarity. I like it. I could do 24 hours. If you were about to say a week, that wasn't going to happen,
1: but well, I'm not insane. Hours. Yeah. Like actually speaking of, I can't take that off because I have TikToks to post. Okay. <laughs> because we're trying <laughs> to grow. Girl, on TikTok.
0: This girl loves TikTok. You guys, you have no idea.
1: Oh my gosh. I love TikTok, which is fitting because in this episode, we're going to deep dive into all things TikTok. And the reason we wanted to do an episode on this is TikTok is growing. It's not going anywhere. The trend of video and marketing is not going anywhere. We're shifting from the perfectly posed Instagram photo to relatable video content. And that's not a really easy transition, to be honest. It's a very different type of content to put out, and it's a very different strategy. Like people don't want to see polished anymore. They want to see relatable. They want to see things that they want to share and that, that connect them in a deeper level. And that's what you get through video and through TikTok. But yeah, like we said, it's hard to get right. It's still new for a lot of people. And we do think there's such an opportunity in TikTok Mm -hmm. to grow your audience, to create a following. To connect with people and use that to grow other channels. I think it'll be really interesting to see how TikTok in the future does things like shopping on TikTok and all these different integrations that I can imagine they will build out. And so the best thing you can do as a founder right now is start building your following now, because the best time to do it was two years ago and then a year ago. (laughs) And the third best time is now, because it's only going to keep growing in popularity, it's only going to keep getting more saturated. Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot of founders say like, oh, there's not a ton of ROI on TikTok. It's so much work for a little reward. But like I said, I think this isn't going anywhere. And so get on it now, start building that community. That in itself is super valuable. And then just wait for the tools that they're going to continue to roll out.
0: Yeah, because you bring up such a good point. TikTok as a platform is neither here nor there. Yeah, it's it's doing well. But the idea of authentic, non-perfect content, that's here to stay no matter what. So you might as well get good at it. You might as well get some extra exposure from the TikTok algorithm. We actually have friends of Hashtag Paid, and we'll get into the guests that we have on this week's episode in just a second. But um she is notorious, this girl, her name's Grow With Jessie. She's on TikTok, check her out. She got to 940,000 followers within a year of doing this and she produces very like interesting kind of different content. And so that brings us to our guest for this week. His name is Danny DeSatnik. He is a coworker of mine, a friend of mine and somebody who just gets it when it comes to TikTok. We set quarterly goals every week And his target was to come in completely net new and somehow get hashtag paid to 15,000 followers on TikTok. And so he had three months to do that. That was set October 1st and he has until December 31st to do it. We are clocking in today at 24,000 followers. The kid is crushing it. And so he's taken a very different approach to TikTok than a lot of people and what they think and what they see. And he's also very theoretical about his TikTok approach. So I don't want to give all the secrets away. I'm excited for you guys to hear what Danny has to say. And with that, should we get into it?
1: Let's do it. it is time for our brand we're loving this week. This week, we wanted to shout out one of our favorite athleisure brands, Alala. So we had Denise on the podcast. She's an incredible female founder, incredible entrepreneur. Go check out her episode if you haven't yet. We also had permission on the podcast, which is one of Alala's retailers, another really cool female founded um, athleisure retailer. So a little bit about Alala, they have luxury athleisure for powerful women. So Denise created Alala because she wanted athleisure leisure that she could wear to the gym but then wear to happy hour after she needed to she's on the go she's booked and busy like we know so many of you are and so she created this line of just really beautiful active wear incredible materials honestly it is just so luxe so anyways if you want to check them out we will have a link for them down below and you can use our code they get it 20 for 20 percent off your order happy shopping We are back with another episode. Today, we have Danny Dasatnik with us. He is the social media manager at Hashtag Paid. And today, we're diving into all things TikTok. So to start us off, Danny, tell us a little bit about TikTok, how you got started, why you're doing it.
2: My, my start on TikTok is definitely very, very different from where I am today. A good friend of mine is actually a TikTok consultant in the music industry. And so think back like close to two years ago and he was trying to build a presence as an artist and i was like man like why are you on this like all it is it's dance challenges it's it's young girls dancing it's people doing weird things like i don't want to be on this app and he's like no no we don't realize is that there are so many communities on this thing that are bound to blow up the thing is the press only covers what's popular and so what's popular right now are, are dance challenges and so at that point i was like okay like that's an interesting take then I started throwing in some keywords started speaking into my mic so they could listen to me and give me what I wanted and then that just started rolling and I spend way too much time on the app now I get to do it for work which is kind of cool but yeah it's definitely been a long journey and it's wild to think that it feels so new yet it's been around for so so long
0: we had trivia last night at work Danny were you there
2: I wasn't no I wasn't
0: he skipped it he skipped it (laughs) because he doesn't really like fun and that's okay They had a question and they were like, what big milestone did TikTok hit in 2021? A billion users. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was going to be a billion videos. (laughs) I was way
1: off. (laughs) A billion users. And I think, yeah, that's kind of why we wanted to have this conversation is, especially with brands we're talking to and people who are looking to grow their presence online. Instagram's a tough place to do it these days. I mean, maybe Reels can help you blow up your account, but people aren't really looking for that filtered picture anymore. They want more of a connection and a place to build community. Mm -hmm. And I think TikTok's the perfect place to do that. Can you speak to a little bit of where you see TikTok going and the implication of brands not being on it?
2: Yeah, it's such an interesting topic. I I think there was a guy a couple months ago who introduced me to this concept called the Gartner hype cycle. Have you guys heard of it?
0: No, this is going to be good (laughs)
2: So the Gartner hype cycle is essentially, it's like a movement, it's a graph that shows the adoption of new technology. And it starts out where you have this new technology, and everybody's jumping on it. And it gets to a point where, think about it as like, it's inflated expectations. So all that the media is covering is what's hot. People are trying to be hot, they're trying to be popular, and they keep going, and it keeps rising. And then you have management on the brand side saying we have to get on this we don't know how but just get on it but then you get to a point where i think kind of where we're at now where it's like ah it's too much there's so much of it but what actually happens and then you go through this like let's call like a downfall of disillusionment because it's like oh well it's too big i don't know what we're doing anymore like now the hype's not there anymore so why are we even trying to go towards this app all the hype dies down and then you have the smart people who are like, no, no, from the beginning, this is my vision. Like now I'm enlightened as to like what TikTok is actually going to do for me. And I think there's such a cool wave coming with TikTok in that. Have you guys heard of TikTok Jump? No. Okay. So many new <laughs> things. Let's go. You're teaching could us be so making, much already. I could be making all of this up.
1: <laughs> no, uh, you're
0: not. Keep uh, going.
2: TikTok Jump is this program that TikTok has where it's like this third party application network. It's still, I think, in beta, but essentially... The goal of TikTok Jump is to allow the user experience beyond TikTok. So what they have is, for example, Wikipedia has this like little embedded button that if someone's sharing a piece of knowledge and they know that the end user or like the viewer might actually want to learn more about it, they can embed this button in TikTok. It'll take them to that Wikipedia page. Oh, wow. And they can go learn more. There's something with whisk. So if you're making a recipe and I'm like, oh, well, I'd love to know the ingredients without watching the video 100 times. You can go to Whisk, which is an app which captures all recipes and like you can lay out all the ingredients. So I say all this because I think where it's going is like there's going to be a universe and you can build out that universe. You can build out that universe to sell products if you want. Like e-commerce is definitely coming and shopping is definitely coming. But then I know on the creator side, and this can relate to brands too, on the creator side, a lot of them use TikTok as a way to drive to other channels where they monetize. Mm, TikTok yeah. has its algorithm, which is free distribution and it has its own personality and you find all your fans. That's step one. And then you push it to where you monetize, so maybe YouTube or maybe Instagram. And on the brand side, maybe you find all your fans and then you push them to your website or you push them to a landing page, you push them to an event. So where it's going is, again, I, I kind of see it as a universe. Like there's so many different ways that it can go. It's not a great answer, but there's so many different ways it can go. It just depends on like, what you want to use TikTok for. But those are the options that I've been seeing that I've been excited about.
0: Okay. and I mean, a lot of people will not know your journey as to how you got into all of this stuff. Yes, you had your friend who had a crystal ball and knew that this is where it was going. Yeah. But you personally, you didn't sign on to Hashtag Paid as a social media manager. Can you just like give yourself a little bit of credit talking about what you've built over the last couple of months and what your strategy has been?
2: Nah, too kind, too kind, too kind. No, the algorithm has been way too kind to me. In, oh, in a stop new it. I Am I going to have to
0: do this for you?
2: No. <laughs> I'm going to pull up your TikTok. I was in sales at Hashtag Paid for a year. Wanted to move on to Kelsey's team, but decided actually I really want to work with creators and not brands. So I had to decide not to work on Kelsey's team in partnerships. This may get edited out. And then, and then decided that no, I want to be a lot more creative and I enjoy the marketing side. So I was lucky enough to move over to be a social media manager for Hashtag Paid. And we so over the past two months, We're at 24. I think we're at 24,000 Literally
0: 24,000 on the nose.
2: And we've been trying some cool stuff. You know, I, I think the way that I started out and what I envisioned early on has been debunked essentially by other TikTok consultants that I've talked to. And so the way that I thought about it was this. I wanted to build a funnel within TikTok so that I could have videos for the average person and then I could have videos for the marketer. And then I could have videos for the influencer marketer. And the goal was like, oh, well, if you know hashtag paid, no matter what level you're on, you're ultimately hoping to come back to the page. And then we're going to help to educate, but more so entertain you. And then that builds affinity. The thing is, on that same side, I was also getting creators to create content about creators on the same account. And I was getting a girl who's in university right now that I thought's a great storyteller to be trying out different content for me. So Emma, you say you like love fun ideas. And that was my issue is that I just wanted to test out so many ideas. And some stuff hit and it was cool. And we have some good numbers and we have some good success. But I think, again, this goes back to like the Gartner hype cycle. Like it's so easy to be like like 24,000 followers in two months. Wow, so cool. We're doing so much. But it's like, well, what what are you going to do in 12 months? Like, what are you going to do in 24 months? And so there wasn't like a clear strategy that was going so deep other than I just want to test ideas. Um, That was the main goal. Yeah. Where it's moved to now, I think the biggest thing is the need for a main character. Like I had three or four different people, including me, trying to build yeah. personalities and, and a presence of TikTok on hashtag paid TikTok. And the way that it was explained to me, I, like, I loved it. I was speaking to someone a couple of days ago. I'm going to shout out JT Barnett. He's an amazing TikTok creator, but also TikTok consultant. Whoa, I just saw a big smile. So JT, if you're listening to this, Riz- you just Riz-
1: Oh, Spoiler no way.
2: Alert. Let's go. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't know why you guys are interviewing me. He, that dude is so good at what he does. But here, I'll set it up. I'll set a low bar so that he can, he can kill it. Um, what he was saying is that you need a main character. And because you need a main character, because usually when you think of creating content, it's like, oh, if I create content around, let's say, a podcast, and then I, I create a video around building a podcast and what a podcast can do for you, if you start to interact with all three, it's like one plus one plus one doesn't equal three, it would equal five because you're creating this whole world. If you have four different personalities, like if we build a TikTok account for They Get It, and I'm on it, I create a video, it pops off. Emma's on it, pops off. Kelsey's on it, a video pops off. Those three videos, Are kind of siloed. It's like one plus one plus one equals three compared to let's say Emma's on it and she pops off three times. Even if like the topic is a little bit different, then I know as a user, oh wait, shit. Oh, that's Emma. Oh, oh wait, that's that blonde girl. Oh, that's the funny girl. Oh, whatever. Like now it's let me actually see who she is and what account she's on and and what stuff Mm -hmm. she's done. And then one plus one plus one equals six or equals Mm ten. And so I think that's been the big flaw is that it's so much fun to test ideas. But there needs to be a main character because at the end of the day, we as humans, we're attracted to other people and we're attracted to certain people when we want to get invested in certain people. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the biggest miss step that I took initially to where we're going to go. So we've paused for a second because we're going to retool for 2022. But I think that was one of the biggest learnings and differences in terms of strategy from two months ago to today.
1: So basically what you're saying is I should be the main character,
2: Kelsey. No, she already sorry. is.
1: She already is the main character. This is already in the job description. No, no, no. But fine. I'll be the main character. Fine. If that's fine. I have to do. Twist my arm. <laughs> but okay. This is really interesting because I've heard a lot about the importance of having like a niche within your content, hmm. but you're saying more about having a character. How does that relate to having a niche or does it?
2: I think the... Most interesting thing about trying to gain a niche is that, like, you build your own little world in TikTok, and then you can have a hashtag, and then that hashtag is more or less purely yours. And when people know, let's say, Pod Talk is, oh, it's, they get it. It's Emma and Kelsey, like, they have pioneered it. If you want to go to Pod Talk, like, you know what you're going to get. I think that's the cool thing. It's like you're building your own territory. Is it necessary? I'm going to preface this to say that I don't have enough experience to say yes or to say no, but I think that no, it, it's not necessary. I think that it's just very advantageous because again, then you're attaching another element to your brand. Like if your brand, they get it and you build pod talk. Now people who get introduced to pod talk, there's a very good chance they're going to get introduced to they get it or they're going to associate pod talk with, they get it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was a couple of years ago or maybe it was a year ago, like book talk blew up, but there was this whole book talk segment, I think on Instagram. Before it was book talk. So like it was this whole cool program where the I think it was the New York Library blew up their Instagram account because they were showcasing books in very interesting ways on IG. And then people were like, oh, learning is cool, reading is cool. Why is it cool? Because of the New York library. So like they took that niche and they ran with it. Mm -hmm. That said it's not necessary, but again, it's advantageous.
0: So I'm curious because again, you're coming at this. It's B2B marketing. And I remember actually sitting down with you forever ago and you were like our top competitors may have hundreds of millions in the bank they've got 300 followers on instagram <laughs> like it mm. was like pathetic nobody cared about it, about social in general in the b2b space how do you think that's changing
2: i don't know that's a good question i don't know ever since i saw that it still hasn't changed now yeah i think people have a very hard time on a service level if you're selling a service they're trying to figure out like how do we be cool on tiktok versus Mm -hmm. a product where you can actually interact with the thing and you can be that actor and that main character can be that product. But I think a very interesting way to look at it is how can you use TikTok in two ways? One, to add a personality to your brand that's quite unique. I'm gonna use the very obvious example of Duolingo. They're essentially a service to help you learn languages, but they have personified this big, what seemed to be cuddly owl Now he's unhinged or she or they or whatever is unhinged. (laughs) So like it's a way to bring this really interesting aspect to your business because you're creating this entertainment level. Maybe that's the biggest key is that B2B is very information heavy. It's I'm going to tell you this about my product and you're going to learn about our service and you'll learn about our industry. And then and then, oh, once you know about our industry and if we're the one to teach you, you're going to come in and you're going to buy our service. I think the way I look at it and and coming back to your question is when we were in university, if you had a really shitty professor who maybe taught you all you needed to learn, like you're not going to remember the professor when you're shouting out your university in like five, 10 years. But if Emma or Kelsey were my professors and I loved the information and they were just fun and good people, Mm -hmm. there's a better chance you're going to be remembered on my journey and my story, i.e. if you bring that entertainment level as a service, you're going to be remembered on the customer journey. Mm -hmm. as you're moving forward and potentially buying the service so to round this out the best people to do it are morning brew morning brew is a daily well i guess they're more than that right now they're a media company for i think like the modern day business person and they have this guy that is unbelievable dan Toomey is like their main character on tiktok the guy is going to be I think the next best thing in Hollywood, unbelievable talent, so, so good. No way. Yeah. But what's really cool is that he brings, like, again, what's their service is sharing the most relevant news in a bite-sized and and an entertaining way. And they do this through such a strong representation on TikTok because he'll write a minute skit about the shipping crisis and he'll put his own, like, he's hilarious and he'll put his own hilarious spin and people start to realize, oh, if I come back for Dan Tumi, I'm coming back for business news that I can digest and that's interesting oh, this is a perfect tie to who Morning Brew is, because that's what you're going to get. Maybe it's just going to be through your inbox, or it's going to be on your phone. So I think that's where services are going. It's that entertainment level.
0: The entertainment makes sense. At the time, TikTok is a very um, labor-intensive platform. You cannot miss a day. You cannot just post bad videos. It doesn't really give you that many breaks. Were you evaluating YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the major platforms, and then... Why did you ultimately pick TikTok?
2: Yeah, Uh, let's go with three reasons. I think on TikTok, the three most exciting things are, one, the algorithm. We've never seen an algorithm like this before. I don't think anyone's going to come at me. It's not a hot take. It is literally going to spread you all over the world. And not only all over the world, it's going to get you in front of people that genuinely want to see the content or potentially meet your content with their needs so the craziest story that I heard actually I've heard a crazier story but I'm not going to talk about it here a crazy story <laughs> that I heard was do you guys know reply all the podcast yes I love
0: that podcast
2: hey there was I think a recent pod I forget the producer's name but she talked about how this producer's sister her whole life she was dealing with the <laughs> this condition where she couldn't burp <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> swear to god
0: that poor girl
2: swear to god but the thing is she didn't know it was a condition she just thought she was hella weird oh. and she would get bullied because of it because like she couldn't burp or like there were some weird gargles or whatever that ended up <laughs> happening right no joke one day this girl is on tiktok and she gets served this super niche video that hasn't blown up yet that says oh four ways to know if you have blah 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 condition one, like you can't burp. Two, you but uh, three. It's and she's wild. Like, she goes, wait, what? Like there's other people like this. So from yeah. this TikTok video and from the algorithm, she learns that she has a real condition, who she can go to for help, other people deal with it, and what the remedy is. Like that's absurd. So that's one. The second thing is this idea of shareability. Remember that like, classic TikTok video with Nathan Apadaka sipping cranberry juice on a longboard to yeah. Fleetwood Mac, like yes. in 2020? That video the original video, I think it had 4.5 times more shares than it did comments. And it's absurd. And like you see this all the time. And the best videos are those that are shareable. So again, algorithm, shareability. And then in terms of the other platforms, I think there are some really strong reasons to be on other platforms. For example, YouTube is my number two. Yeah. Because YouTube is the second biggest um, search engine in the world. And so Catalog gets a lot of love. And
0: and for years to come, like it has way more staying power than a TikTok does.
2: That could be a whole nother podcast. But yeah, (laughs) definitely so. Definitely so. Like, I I think they have a lot of resources behind them. They've done a really, 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 really good job with creators who are the people that are creating on the platform. And I think that's been a downfall of many, like Vine, for example, or recently Uh. like like Instagram. So kind of to, to round it out, it was the algorithm, the behavior of people who want to share. And I think the last thing And Kelsey, I'll go at you with what what you said. I'll disagree a little bit. Is that the best thing about TikTok is that you can post whatever and it doesn't matter if it doesn't hit and it's your creative sandbox. So Mm -hmm. if I post something shitty today and it doesn't hit, whatever. If I post something random, let's say like after this pod, I get a really interesting idea from Emma and I was like, I got to just post this. I may post it and it may go bonkers. And then that's the signal that I need automatically to tell me that my idea for some reason is validated with people that I think. I'm trying to reach. So I'd say those are the three biggest reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. And on the algorithm part, it is like almost freaky. Like if TikTok's taught me one thing, it's that I've never had a unique experience in my life. <laughs> like the things that come up my for free page, I'm like, wait, other people think that way, or they do that. You build this bigger connection with your audience because it's not just looking at a picture and liking someone's outfit. It's actually these experiences that builds this connection between people. It's very fascinating. And I think it makes a lot of sense that you've chosen to dive in on TikTok. What do you think brands are doing wrong? Like they see TikTok going somewhere, but they just can't get it right. What is Mm. that?
2: I think just not seeing it as a testing platform, like being okay with failure. Genuinely, like I know that's so cliche with like everyone in life, but genuinely being okay with failure because it's so ephemeral. Like I I could literally take out my phone right now record me saying like, I'm on the They Get It podcast, the best creators in the world, like go follow them. And if it doesn't hit, no one's going to see it. No one cares. People aren't really trying to go through my feed and be like, oh, wrong video. Look, he didn't go viral. Look, she didn't go viral. Like that doesn't really matter. I think, again, the mindset shift just needs to be, you know, we can test really cool concepts and we can potentially help incubate cool ideas and fun activations for our marketing team or just naturally for our brand. And Mm -hmm. That's where I would probably go is kind of like take the brakes off when trying to be polished. TikTok creator named Jesse Jacobson, who's also a founder of another TikTok consultancy. She says that like we're so conditioned to Instagram, like things got to be perfect. And I think it's hella true. And if you can get out of that mindset, the upside of getting this nugget because of something serendipitous is so much more valuable than Trying to be on your guidelines that your director of brand have set out for you in a Google slide that like does do people really look at? I don't. Yeah,
0: not speaking from experience at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I've got a couple of questions. A lot of the people that that listen to this podcast are founders who are doing the most. They've got nine thousand tasks every single day, and they're just trying to keep their head above water when you say you need to have like a hero in the story or some sort of recurring main character, how do these founders do it? Like how do you divide your time and make sure you're still producing a ton of content without sacrificing your mental sanity?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, such a good question. I think there's two ways to go about it. I think the first question you have to ask is as a founder, like do you want to be building your brand one just in general and two on the platform? If the answer is yes, then what can you do over let's say a weekend period where you can get the founder or founders interacting in some type of way around your product around your service maybe with other people whatever that creative concept is but how can you just film what they're doing a bunch and turn that into small bite sizes of content that you can release every single day like run gum does this really well in which their ceo or their co or their co-founder nick something
0: he's amazing whoever he is
2: yeah he is really really (laughs) cool and they've put out a series where they went to the streets and they're like hey beat me in a race and if you do you'll win a 100 bucks because i think he used to be an olympic sprinter and that's really cool because not only can you do it for a day and get so many different pieces of content there's a whole story there like you can have three pieces of content where it's before the race and it's like nick pumping up or almost taunting the person to say hey you can't you can't do this like you're not going to beat me for a hundred dollars then there's the actual race up until finish line. And the third piece is actually the finish. And that's like three pieces of content with the founder building their brand alongside building the brand of the company over three different days. So that's one way to do it. If it's not with the founder, which I think is totally cool. You I think just hiring a creator like this is stuff that we preach a bunch at hashtag paid that I think a lot of the industry is now preaching to get someone who's hella creative that loves to story tell that loves to just be in front of a camera. Give them a bit of a brief as to like, maybe here's where we want to go or here are the things we don't want our brand to be like, but run free, go do you. And I think Kelsey, you bring up such a good point. Like you do have to be on it often. I think Mm -hmm. you'll hear maybe JT or other people will say you got to do three to five a day.
0: Yeah, I've heard that.
2: I I genuinely don't think that's true. I don't even think you have to go one a day. You look at Duolingo, they're not going one a day. They may go Monday to Friday, no Saturday, Sunday, Monday to Friday, no Saturday, Sunday, but they've blown up. And so I really, really don't think that there is a number. I think the reason people say that is that when you're first starting, if you don't have an audience, it's so much easier to find that audience and spur that algorithm and almost teach that algorithm who you are if you're posting very consistently. So Mm -hmm. we went one a day at hashtag paid. I don't think that's going to be necessary going forward for our main account. Yeah, But that's where I would go as to should a founder do it or not. So Mm -hmm. yes and no depends again on the on on the goals and what they want to do
1: and i agree i think it's the same thing with if you want to start out with a niche you don't have to but you can because again it teaches the algorithm kind of more specific and it helps them find the right audience which increases the chance of virality and i think it's the same thing for posting consistently you don't have to but if you do the chances of the algorithm picking you up are just higher it's just more at
0: bats really yeah, such a good point. Really.
2: Yeah, such a good point. We
0: talk about it all the time. It's time to learning. Yeah, you can do this over the course of two years, but you're going to miss out what's the opportunity cost of not going hard at the beginning and mm. basically learning your formula early on.
2: What did you call it? Time to learning?
0: Yeah, That's it's a really sales good. tactic.
2: <laughs> but I think that it's so true, though. Like yeah. the age old like cliche where it's like, oh, the best way to learn is through experience. And you're like, yeah, yeah I get it. But genuinely, it's the best way to learn. And so throw a ton of shit out. And I think what would be interesting for the people listening to this, especially as founders who are so focused on ROI, like make your ROI the fact that you don't have to spend more time figuring out what is your content, who's your main character, Love what that. is the niche. Yeah. I think that would maybe be a good way to spin it. So you don't look at monetary return, but you almost look at that time to learning return.
0: I want to I wanna ask you about monetary return, but I think this is sure. just too good to pass up. We got... Okay. We got one of the questions from Instagram. Um, Somebody wants to know, how do I know my numbers are good when I'm just getting started? I want to ask what they mean by this to get a little bit more clarity, Mm. but I can see like, if the people you're watching are getting millions of views or hundreds of thousands of likes, your 1200 likes might not seem like a lot, or it may be hard to replicate once you do hit once. And Mm. so for you, when you were building out your numbers, like you had what I thought was an insane goal of 15,000 followers within the quarter and you smash that we're not even done yet but how do you know what good looks like
2: my mom's gonna be so happy that I'm saying this it all it's just you like you have to focus on you and so you post once and you get 200 views cool that's the bar that you have to then oh, I see then what you're you saying. 200 <laughs> next time I, I want to go four it's so hard to say there's such thing as good numbers I think it goes back to kind of what Emma was saying earlier it depends on the goal like why are you on this app if you're on this app for virality Okay. So maybe a million is your goal. Even going 10K is viral. So yeah, maybe that's your bar. If you're on this app because you want to drive sales, then do numbers really matter on the app? No. What probably matters, are they somehow clicking through? Right. But I think the way that I looked at it really was like, try silence the noise. Like, here's me. Here's my goal. It's what I want. All right. First video that goes out, 100 views. Okay. Didn't do well, but I was in love with that one concept. So, okay. Let me twist it a little bit. Cool. Yeah. 250. Cool. Oh, shit, we reached 50k. That's really cool. I must have done something there that that hit. Let me try build off that idea. So going back to it, define it as like you set your bar every single time, you then keep trying to reach that bar every time. And I think to round this out, the way that the algorithm works at a very, very high level, because we don't have insight into how it works specifically. And I would hate to read those lines of codes and try to figure out how it actually works is that you post a video and that video gets shown to a small amount of your followers and a small amount of people that don't follow you. Now, TikTok has a whole scorecard of like maybe shares are more valuable and watch times more valuable than a like or whatever it may be based off of the people that they've shown your video to, they will evaluate it based off of their scorecard and their metrics. And if it is above that threshold, they'll send it to a larger amount of cold people. And then if that keeps hitting, a larger amount and a larger amount. And that's how you get your like bajillion view videos that go all over the earth. So again, it comes down to, is it a good story? Are you trying to level yourself up? Like, Are you creating better content every single time?
1: What are a few of the things that you think make good content? On TikTok,
2: let's say if you have to pick Ooh. three or five let's say if you have to pick three or ten i'm gonna go ten <laughs> um, uh okay biggest one cr- creators preach this all the time the hook like the first couple seconds and i think about like when you're on TikTok, like you're just, like, scrolling through as fast as possible and if something mm-hmm. doesn't catch your eye or your ear or something initially like you're gone so there needs to be a bit of a hook i think the second thing is i'm a big fan of storytelling so Is there a bit of a story arc? Like, are you alluding to something at the end of the video that people have to watch? Are you going to give them something at the end of the video? There's amazing creators called Colin and Samir, and they call this transformational content. Like, are you going to come in not knowing something or not aware of something? And at the end, you're leaving with something. So that almost rolls into number two, which is shareability. Like, can you make your content shareable? Because that's how you went on the platform is I want to send it to Kelsey. Kelsey wants to send it to Emma. Like now organically, we're creating a lot of momentum and virality just in our own circles, which is really cool. So I would say hook. I would say make sure that it's shareable. But again, through that storytelling element. And I think the last thing would probably be, I think, personality. Like not that you have to come with a personality, but I think it's really valuable when you can a personality. There's a creator named Kat Norden. She's a girl on TikTok who's building Excel courses. But what's really interesting is she went on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the Decoded podcast. And she talks about how when she's about to record a TikTok, she gets into this very energetic, almost like euphoric state to deliver this like incredible piece of content. And then she dies down. And I'm not saying that's necessary, but If us three are just talking like this into the camera and saying like, this is really cool, maybe it'll hit for some weird reason. It's so bad (laughs) that it's good.
0: But I've seen some of those before.
2: Yeah. Uh. So again, without rattling off my favorite personalities on TikTok, I would go hook. I would go storytelling, transformational content, i.e. like having an idea of can it be shareable?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then at the end, almost the wrap up, what sits on top of all of that is a personality.
0: Yeah. So we just, just, just started scratching the surface with TikTok. Emma has oh, yeah. sent me. We've learned so many things. Like, I recorded this video series and I swear I almost gave myself an aneurysm bringing so much energy into these videos. It was so cringe. Yeah. And then what Good we realized. Good morning, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> that was like six cups of coffee too much. But we just realized, like, is that sustainable? Can I actually show up like that every single time? Do I want to? Definitely not. And so I do think that there's like the reason that TikTok hits better than a lot of Instagram content lately is because it's authentic. And if you're not being authentic, good luck.
2: I think you you bring up a really good point. Like, is that sustainable? Is that who you want to be? If so, wicked. If it's causing you way too much stress, probably change.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Another question from our audience. Have you come back after not posting for a while?
2: Come back better than ever, baby. Let's go. I think I would probably do three things. I would set my expectations low as to not hit those same numbers that I was before. I would post very, very frequently. I would make sure that if I was going one a day for the Mm -hmm. first two weeks, I'd be making sure I'm going two a day, maybe even three a day. So that again, the algorithm can get to know me again. And the last thing is weird because I'm not a spiritual person, but I would have faith in the algorithm. Like if it's a good video, <laughs> it's going to find the audience again. It's going to hit. So I'd say those three things, definitely like low expectations, make sure that you're posting more frequently than you were mm-hmm. before. So you warm up the algorithm if that's even a thing. And then mm-hmm. the last thing is just believe that this, that this great algorithm. Gods. Yeah, exactly. Are, are going to find your people.
0: Yep, I love it. I'm just looking through some of the other questions. I'm interested to see how you take this. The question says, "How long does he spend on the TikTok app every single day?"
2: How long do I spend? Definitely, like definitely over an hour. That's not I even think bad. It, it's not bad, but it's still an hour. Think about it. Like I'm watching 15 second videos. I'm spending an hour. That means that I'm essentially watching 240 videos a day. Like a minion just look like it's crazy just to be, think. Like choose
0: that. your words carefully, because you're talking to two girls that spend hours. <laughs> Plural. Okay. And here's the thing. Like I kind of
1: see it as I don't really watch Netflix anymore. I don't really watch TV anymore. And so this is my evening entertainment. So I think a lot of people, (laughs) you know, say it's bad to be on your phone that much and have that much screen time. And I agree. But if you were going to be watching just a bigger screen with that time anyways, it's probably that
0: bad. Do you know what? I was interviewing somebody and she was like, be proud of the fact that you're on TikTok. I'm like, okay, sure. I'm proud. And she sent me this Tinks video. Everyone loves Tinks. And she literally said like, sorry that I'm improving myself. I'm watching all these videos on how to get better. I'm watching all these like hack videos, all these health videos. She's like, I learned more from an hour on TikTok than I ever did from a course in university. And she's like, so people (laughs) leave me alone. Let me enjoy my TikTok. But
2: like such a good point. It depends what are you doing on the app? Like, I'm not here to tell anyone only be learning every day, always be grinding, make sure you're leveling yourself up and don't give yourself time to just fuck around and and watch whatever it is. The interesting thing though, is that I think like that's super cool. Is that the learning aspect of TikTok in the future, like massive, but also just so interesting. Like the fact that, I was a horrible student, but if I'm on TikTok and I find a cool personality and someone who's showing me a bag of money and he's like, you can make this, but let me break down how I made it, how I made my decisions. Here's yeah. FinTalk for you. That's it. if FinTalk you can is, in-
0: oh my gosh, it's so good.
2: And if you can get kids into reading again on yes. BookTok, all the power, like that, that is cool.
0: Okay. Going back to questions from
1: our audience, talk to us about hashtag strategy on uh, TikTok. That was a good one.
2: I'm not one to throw random hashtags on just because they're trending. Um, I'd rather put a trending sound behind my video, but put the audio to zero, Mm -hmm, for example, mm -hmm, so that you can't mm -hmm. hear that it's there, but it's still there potentially for the algorithm. The way that I see hashtag strategy in terms of a value add is, and this was told to me by a couple different TikTok consultants, is if you have certain series, create a hashtag that's unique to you for those series. Right. So again, if we're making videos over a year of 365, and maybe there's 50 videos to that series naturally if some of them hit like that hashtag is going to do really well yeah which is one good idea i think the second good idea is to have like a hashtag for your company for all your videos so again over time it's like whoa a billion views if like you somehow keep blowing up
0: we are running out of time like i knew we would we have some quick hit questions for you so you haven't seen these before you don't know what's coming we're gonna ask the question and you're gonna blurt out the first thing that comes to mind
2: sounds like therapy let's go
0: (laughs) this is therapy (laughs) sorry if you didn't know that before number one what treat do you most attribute to your success
2: curiosity
0: good answer I love it okay what gives you energy
2: talking to other people
0: (laughs) true he's an extrovert I can attest he really does get energy from that advice for your younger self
2: stay curious genuinely stay curious
0: good one I
1: like it what's the last book you read
2: Alchemy by Rory Sutherland.
0: Hmm. Never heard of it. Interesting. Brand you're loving right now.
2: Colors. If you search up colors on YouTube, they support up and coming music talent. They've recently also added a merchandise or clothing angle. I'm actually wearing it right now. That's how I thought of it. I was like, oh, yeah, true. I've been heavy on this, but colors.
1: Love it. Hmm, good one. Okay. We'll check it out. What's one thing you don't understand?
2: What is one thing I don't understand? Following someone else's dreams.
0: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Philosophical. A lot of people hit us with cryptocurrency. I like your answer better.
2: <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Fuck that too. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is somebody else's dream and we'll leave that to them. Last mm. question. Who do you think gets it?
2: Nick Kakonis.
0: Who is he? Who's that?
2: I have a man crush on this guy. Nick, if you're listening, please, can we meet?
0: Please Nick. answer Danny's calls.
2: <laughs> Nick Kakonis Nick started the Alinea Group. Have you okay. heard of Alinea. the the three-star michelin restaurant in chicago oh cool so he started the alinea group he found that restaurant management booking software was just not up to par he brought a engineer in he built his own software they spun it off to their own company called talk talk recently just got purchased by squarespace and this guy has an education in philosophy and he started out as a futures and options trader Super, hmm. super cool dude. And he gets it.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it sounds like it. Those are some pretty big career pivots.
2: He gets it. He, g- he, gets, he gets it. The pivot. He gets it.
0: He gets all of it. <laughs> Danny, <laughs> I knew this would be fun. You dropped a lot of amazing nuggets for us, if I even want to call it that. I feel like they were so much bigger than nuggets, but this was so fun. I'm excited to talk to JT even more now. And thanks so much for coming on.
2: Not nah, thanks, guys. Hell, hell of fun. You guys are great hosts, and I'm excited to see where you guys go.
1: Awesome. Thanks,
0: Danny. That's one of those conversations that literally could have gone on for hours and hours. And I can prove that that's true. Um, Danny and I work together, and it's not crazy to have hour long conversations with him. He's just such a good conversationalist. And I think my favorite tip. Although there were a bunch in there, I think my favorite tip is how to come back from being off of TikTok for a little while. Emma, like you and I had our not a hiatus, but we had a short break over the summer just to like reset and restart the podcast. And we noticed a massive dip in numbers initially, just trying to get back into the rhythm. And so Danny's advice of coming back twice as often, twice as hard, and setting your expectations differently when you're coming back after a hiatus, I think is a really good piece of advice.
1: I agree. And I also love how he touched on with TikTok, like you can experiment, just throw content out there and see what sticks. It's not like Instagram where you're getting critiqued for every picture or everyone's yeah. seeing it, like the way the algorithm works. If it doesn't hit, no one's going to see it anyways. So why yeah. not just try experiment? And honestly, I find it just like a really fun platform to be creative on. I just, yeah, It's really fun once you start to figure it out. And the other thing I'll say, on my personal TikTok, I've created like some vlog type videos. And those are the days that I feel really good because in the vlogs, I'm like showing my routines. And that means I'm actually doing them. And so (laughs) I actually like see kind of TikTok as a way to, or creating those types of videos. Like, I actually think it can improve your mental health. Like, I know Mm -hmm. people say social media is bad for mental health. I think TikTok could be different. Anyways... I will stop rambling. Thank you so much for listening. We love all of you and we're just so happy to have you here. Don't forget to follow along with us on Instagram at they.get.it. We've got a lot of fun content coming out there soon. And until next week, have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.